Hello class, this is Ramana Pyers, and in this audio, we're going to be going over our class feedback for module number one. So module one submissions are read and graded, and you have detailed feedback Word documents waiting for you to read in your grade folder. So um, let's get started here. Does history repeat itself? Hopefully not in this class. Module one is history. That is true. But if we don't want history to repeat its, itself, we do need to learn lessons from the past. Therefore, I cannot emphasize enough how important these class feedback pages are to your success, as well as the individual class feedback that you have waiting for you in your Canvas grade folder. So are you with me on this? Um, let's get started on the feedback. So let's start with quiz number one. To access feedback for quiz one, go to your grades folder and click on the quiz link. The quiz number one link will open and you can scroll down to see the questions that you answered correctly and incorrectly. For the questions that you may have missed, attempt to first find the best answer in your textbook chapters. And if you get stuck, send me the question numbers via your Canvas inbox, and I will let you know where to find the answers in your textbook. Now you should do this for the following reasons. Number one, when you get in the habit of finding the answers, you will begin to see a pattern to why you missed the questions. So for example, you might find that you did not read the entire section in the chapter, or you may have misunderstood the question. You might learn that you need to work with our sociology tutor on your study techniques. Or maybe you'll find the quiz study guide, which is found in our Canvas chapter lecture pages, is also a helpful tool for you. So once you recognize the patterns of why you're missing questions, this is valuable information that you can then use to adjust your study techniques moving forward. This will be helpful, not just in this class, but throughout your educational journey and other classes as well. And then the second reason is that there might be typos or errors in the actual quiz. And so you're my quality control team. And when a student does find an error, then everyone's um, points are adjusted automatically. So now let's get into the discussion and the activity assignments. So to get that feedback, you're going to go to your grades folder again, and then just like with the quiz, click on the discussion number one link. After you click on the link, you will see a small Word document link in the upper right-hand corner of the page. And once you click on that Word document link, you'll be able to download it and read the discussion feedback that I left specifically just for you. And then you're going to do the same with activity number one. Again, click on that link, download the Word document, and then you will see my feedback to you within that Word document. Now, if you're not able to open the documents, um, the Word documents, please call Canvas Help, and they will help you with that. And their number, once again, is 1-844-612-7420. Now, once you read both feedback documents, the one for discussion one and activity one, contact me, message me in Canvas if you have any specific, specific questions or concerns 
You can also text me or call me. And my suggestion is that you download and save all of these Word documents throughout the entire semester and use them as you, as you work on the next modules. These feedback documents are very handy reminders for you. So do keep in mind that the instructions on the activities, they do change from module to module. So it's still important to read the instructions carefully and reach out when you have questions. But our discussion, is, our discussion assignment instructions, those never change. Only the videos that we're watching will change. And so if you do wanna reach out to me personally, you can message me in Canvas or you can call me or you can text me. And my phone number again is 714 area code 494-6320. So next, I wanna spend a little bit of time speaking about the attendance and your responsibilities regarding the required participation in this class. So as a class, you did a great job considering that this is our first module and you did not know what to expect. Now, some of you may have noticed that it's easy to procrastinate in online classes and all of us, including myself, have to stay organized and on schedule. Now that you have an approximate idea of how long it takes you to do the readings, lectures, and assignments, you're in so much a better position now to schedule your time as you work on the next module. Now, when you completed the syllabus orientation assignment at the beginning of the semester, you remember that you attested to the weekly participation requirement. Keep in mind that this is not something that I made up just to keep you all busy, but just like attendance is required in an on-campus class at the, at the campus, at the college, the same goes for online classes. And you can read the attendance um, SBBC San Bernardino Valley College policy in our syllabus. Now in this class, students who have a combination of three missing assignments, and again, this is all explained in the syllabus, students have a who have a combination of three missing assignments, so that could be three discussions, or that could be a quiz, an activity, and a discussion they will be automatically withdrawn from the class because this means that the weekly hourly participation hours are not being met. So keep that in mind as you, as you keep, um, as you work on modules one through four assignments, because all of those assignments are open for an extended period of time. Now, once the withdrawal deadline passes, students have to commit to receiving a grade in class. Now, all of the chapter Canvas lecture pages stay open for the entire semester. They're not like the assignments where they open and close during certain dates. The lecture pages are open from the first day of the semester until the last day of the semester. So for those of you that like to get ahead of your uh, assignment, your readings, you can access those lecture and reading materials at any time for modules one through four. Now, all of the Canvas chapter lecture pages are required because they include resources in lieu of us meeting on campus or over Zoom. Students who do not access these usually are not able to pass the class or they give up trying. Um, so schedule your time just as if you were driving to and from campus and attending class every single week. Okay, next up is our progress reports. So you will be receiving a message from me in your Canvas inbox regarding your progress in this class. 
by the time you read this, you may have already received that message. Some of you will receive a request to meet with me over Zoom to go over, um, to go over success strategies to help you get back on track with the class. If you did not submit discussion one and or activity one, or you submitted partially completed assignments, I strongly recommend that you send me rough drafts for feedback prior to you submitting discussion two and or activity number two assignments. Let me look at them first before you submit them. If you did not receive a request or if you don't receive a request for us to meet, when you do receive that progress message and you'd still like to meet with me, don't hesitate to send me a few of your best days and times to meet. I'm also available most week evenings and weekends, and the Zoom link is always found in our Canvas modules. All right, let's get into discussion number one. So part one, overall as a class, fantastic job with your summaries. Um, consider choosing a different video to summarize if you're having difficulties maintaining the sentence requirement. Keep in mind that quotes, your own individual thoughts or, or your own views about the video or why you chose the video don't apply to your total points. Summary is a piece written in your own words in which you, the reader, I'm, I'm sorry, in which you give the reader you as the writer give the reader an overview of the main points of whatever it is that you're summarizing. Now, since this is a college level class that transfers to universities for credit, there are expectations for the level of depth and insight that you provide in each sentence. So let me give you a few examples here to consider. Here's the first set or a few, here's the first paragraph. The video was about a cat, period. The cat had a nice shiny coat, period. This is because the cat went to the groomer, period. The owner of the cat also feeds the cat nutritious food, period. According to research, a cat's fur is a sign of its overall health, period. A shiny coat indicates that the cat is in good health, period. Cat owners can brush their cats daily to achieve a shiny coat, period. The video was very informative, period. So the example that I just read is written in eight to 10 sentences. However, is it written in eight to 10 meaningful sentences? Would you consider these college level sentences? Additionally, does the video summary include repetitive information? This is a no-no. Does the video summary include a student's own opinions? This is a no-no. Repetitive information and inserting one's own views do not add value to the readers when it comes to a summary and also confuse the readers. Keep in mind that when you insert your own thinking or views into a summary, it's no longer a summary. Rather, in college, we refer to this type of writing as an analysis when it includes your own thinking. So there's a very easy hack to turn your less than college level sentences into beautifully written academic masterpieces. So when proofreading your work, 
combine two or more short sentences into one sentence. Ta-da! Now, I think most of you already know this. And how do I know this? Because I was once a college student myself. And when time is limited, then quality does tend to suffer. But quantity over quality does not work. And worse, can become a habit following students into your careers. And this is because writing, just like many things that we do in life, is a skill. And skills require practice. So don't take shortcuts with these um, when you're writing these 8 to 10 thoughtful and meaningful sentences. One thing that you should keep in mind is that employers now require applicants when you apply for different jobs, especially college-level jobs, to submit written work as part of the interview process. So jobs that require a college degree, they might require you when you submit your application or before you go to the interview to submit a sample of your writing. So for example, you might go to an interview and the employer will ask you to write a sample email to resolve a potential workplace issue, giving you 15 to 20 minutes to gather your thoughts and write a brief paragraph or two. And I know this is very much anxiety provoking to say the least, but those people who have had much practice throughout their college are ready to tackle this challenge with much, much greater ease when compared to people who shy away from writing. So think about this class as preparation for the workplace. When it comes to part two of your discussion, when proofreading the section, does your posts include details of something that actually happened to you or someone that you know within the context of the person to whom you're responding to. The description of the actual experience, again, needs to be written in at least eight to 10 meaningful college-level sentences. Um, and, and most of you did that. So this is, not a, this is an example of what is not college-level. I witnessed bullying in school when I was 15 years old. That's not college-level. Now look at this reframe. This is college-level. When I was 15 years old, my friend was verbally bullied during recess by other classmates in high school, right? So you could see the difference in the depth and meaning of each sentence, one that is written at a college level and one below. Toward the end of the semester, when students re reflect on what they learned in this class, overwhelmingly many write that it was their personal experiences that they enjoyed the most. And it was that that made the textbook readings and sociology come alive for them. And it's through our own experiences and reading about those of others that that's how deep learning takes place. By deep learning, I mean information that's going to stick with you long after the class has already ended. Part three of the discussion, when proofreading the section, does your post include at least eight to 10 meaningful sentences? Focus specifically and only on your own views, beliefs, opinions about your peers' posts. Again, college-level writing applies here as well. And you'll find it very helpful to look over the sample, or I'm sorry, the example regarding how to write part three in that discussion instruction document. So um, here again is another example. Don't do this. 
I agree with you about school policies not being an, uh, tough enough when it comes to bullying, period. This is a summary of a colleague's post, and therefore you're not adding any value to the discussion. Instead, offer your own original views and thoughts so that others can learn from you. So this is a reframe, do this. While I agree that tough school policies are lacking, in my view, in developing those school policies, parents, community, and student involvement is needed to ensure that all sides and issues are considered, period. So you can see that this sentence adds new and thoughtful information to the discussion for the class to ponder that they may have not thought about, and you're offering your own views about the post that you're responding to. So always remember this, part two and part three of the discussion are the opposite of each other. In part two, you're writing about your personal experiences, and in part three, you're writing about your personal beliefs, your thoughts, your views. Now for the activity, paragraph, in paragraph one, or in part one, please don't focus on describing the website since you will not receive credit for these types of sentences. If your paragraph reads like you're giving a reader the tour of the website, start over. Imagine that you're explaining, explaining the main takeaways from the website information for an audience of people, in our case, a non-sociological audience. So this is what not to do. The website included information about bullying. 75% of students at some point are going to experience bullying. 80% of bullying goes unreported. 50% of teachers would rather not address bullying in the classroom. So this reads like a grocery list rather than, you know, meaningful takeaways. So instead, focus on writing your takeaways in this way. The website on bullying indicates statistics that demonstrate a clear pattern pointing to bullying as a widespread problem in schools. Okay, so that's one takeaway. Not only do an overwhelming majority of students, 75%, report being bullied, teachers themselves don't feel comfortable addressing this issue in the classroom. So that's number two. As a result, 80% of bullying goes unreported. However, the website does not offer solutions to the preventive measures that can be taken by school administrators. Okay, so there's like three well-defined takeaways here. Now, when it comes to paragraph two and three or parts two and three of the activity, when proofreading your paragraph, pay attention to staying on topic with the instructions and delete any repetitive information. Keep in mind that there should be a flow between the paragraphs, just as if you were writing a paper, you would not be repeating the same or similar information in each paragraph. So please be mindful of that here as well. And I have to add that I love, love reading your lived experiences and thoughts and views. And this is because after reading similar summaries over and over and over again, it's refreshing to read your own take on the website information. All of you have thoughts and views, and I want you to learn to be comfortable expressing them. And as you go through that process of learning to communicate what you think, 
you're also by default learning to be a critical thinker. And critical thinking is the ability to learn to take different perspectives on a topic. So in order for you to formulate your own views, you undergo a process where you're taking in and evaluating different perspectives. Therefore, that's really a win-win in this class. And I love reading your sociological thoughts and you're learning critical thinking. So here are my final words. Overall, I was impressed with your assignments and especially your effort. Please keep this up. Even if you find yourself running late, some points are better than zero points. Always keep that in mind. And in conclusion, some words about maintaining the required sentence minimums. You might recall that in the syllabus assignment at the beginning of the semester, I explained that all sociology courses have a written requirement as determined by the Cal State and UC University systems. Some of you might feel that you wrote excellent analyses and discussion posts, and I needlessly deducted points in regard to the written requirement. But keep in mind that I chose, as the professor for this class, I chose the discussion and activity assignments in lieu of assigning you a research paper. Based on student feedback over the years, students are much more likely to prefer learning sociology by watching videos, accessing websites, and interacting with each other instead of having to write lengthy term papers that they don't remember after they submit them. They consider them busy work. And I, just like many of you, like reading about your personal experiences, your views, and how you see the chapter materials connected to various topics that we explore. So while I have the academic freedom to design various critical thinking assignments, I do have to ensure that students are practicing developing their critical thinking writing skills at a university 100 level. So this is a SOCH 100 level class. And that's a couple of notches higher than what you may have been used in high school. So with that, just know that I'm here to support your success, as is our sociology tutor. You can always schedule a Zoom meeting with me or message me when you get stuck. Practice, 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 practice is important. And even in our short time together, you will see an improvement in your sociological thinking as we move through the modules. So with that said, enjoy your week, the rest of your week and the holidays. Let me know if you have any questions about module one feedback or module two, Canvas chapter pages or assignments. And I wanna wish you a good rest of your day. And I'm signing off, Professor Pyers, and I will talk to you soon again. Goodbye for now.